Untitled Beatles Podcast. All right, welcome to Untitled Beatles Podcast. My name's Tony Mendoza. And I'm Tony Mendoza. Now, hold uh, on, TJ. Oh, cut. Can we do it again? Is this live? I'm TJ Shanoff. <laughs> great, to, great to be with you again, Tony. Fourth episode. It's worthy of an anniversary podcast. Today, we'll look back on the great moments from our first three. Is that how that works? Yeah, man. Today, uh, no edits as always. No edits. All raw. All real. This is Beetle Talk. It's very serious stuff. No edits. No laughter. No. Um, so, so last week, uh, TJ, you had me listen to a couple of George Harrison records that uh, I was not as familiar with, and I gave you my two cents and and then some. And uh, this week, I challenged you to listen to Yoko Ono's 1973 record. It's a double album. Approximately yes, it is. infinite universe. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, cause I was like, well, I love this record and I, I wanted to, I wanted to get your take on it. Not a lot of people know this one. This is, uh, uh this is one I'd never had heard a couple of the tracks before. Um, I'd never heard this album at all. I did a lot of homework on this, but before we get into it, I'd love to hear your because uh, Yoko uh, Yoko is a very dividing figure amongst Beatles fans. Yes. I think I think in 2020 we're way past the whole Yoko broke up the Beatles shit. I think that's over. Thank but you. Yoko, it, it is, but Yoko still remains divisive. So yeah, uh, how did you get into this album? How did this album kind of burrow into your Beatle head and heart? Give me where it began for you with this. You know what? This is so funny. So it, it actually came from a cover of one of the songs on which we'll get to, but a, a band of Montreal, that band in the nineties okay. covered a song off this record. And I loved it. Am I going crazy or is it just you daddy? Am I going nuts or is it just you mommy? Am I playing God or is it just the world? Mommy, I'd rather have you And they also covered The Who on that. It was like an EP. You wear disguises. Occasionally it feels surprises me when she turns out to be you. And so I saw the writing credit, Yoko Ono, and I was like, I love this song. How do I get this record? And in the late 90s, this record was hard to find. And then one day, probably in 2003 or four, I, I saw it at Reckless, you know. Records, Reckless Records in Chicago. And, Which one? Uh, Which Reckless? Wicker Park or Lakeview or? Man, I don't remember. I don't okay. remember. It was, one, it was one of the ones in the city for sure. It wasn't okay. the one in Evanston. Okay. Um, so yeah, and I, I bought it and I ended up just loving this record. And uh, as far as Yoko's concerned, I dig Yoko. I think she's important. I don't care that she broke up the Beatles. She didn't. She did. And so I made a little list of things like without Yoko Ono, there'd be there'd be no what was that second verse in Julia? Seashell eyes, windy smile calls me. There'd be no song because, which was started. Right. By Yoko playing. Yoko playing piano. Yeah, that Bach tune, I think, yep. right? Yep. Actually, Yoko was playing Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata. Mm. 
there'd be no revolution number nine. Now people might say, oh, that would be good, but would it? Number nine, number nine, number nine, number nine. I mean, think about it. Without revolution number nine, then we don't have, whenever you hear number nine, you're not going to say that joke. Like nine loses a little bit of meaning. (laughs) That's a great point too. It began so many John Lennon references to the number nine, including he was born on October 9th. Mm -hmm. Um, Number nine dream. Number nine dream. Such a beautiful, one of his beautiful 70s hits. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. There's no I want you. She's so heavy. There's no give peace a chance. No ballad of John and Yoko. Obviously, we would never have seen John Lennon's penis. Dead air. It's it's John Lennon. You still probably would have seen his penis. (laughs) Cynthia might have been upset by it, but you would have seen John's dick at some point. You're right. Probably. Yeah. At at, at a club in L.A. uh, (laughs) With David Bowie. With a toilet seat on his head. Yeah. Telling the Smothers Brothers to fuck off. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So I I dig Yoko I I dig her influence on 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 John and uh, and that's just the Beatles stuff I also yeah so I I dig Yoko she gets a bad rap and she's funny man she's funny that's what people forget is that she's funny she's got a sense of humor well uh, yes to all that and she's a survivor I mean she is in her late eighties at this point yeah maybe thirty three she was born I believe. It, insane and she she put up with so much shit now in fairness a lot of the Beatles wives and girlfriends did but Yoko was such a presence and some of the bad rap we'll get to the album it's, we, we, I don't want to make this just all about Yoko our fans want to hear all about her 1973 double album <laughs> <laughs> but, but I will say the way she was portrayed in the movie Let It Be the jarring sound of her taking a line on happiness is a warm gun which was not Yoko uh, influence. It's Yoko singing. Oh, uh, 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 Bungalow Bill, you mean? Uh, 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 sorry, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. On, on Bungalow Bill. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I got my white album tracks confused. I apologize. <laughs> there were jarring Yoko moments that I certainly think it's worthy of of criticizing Yoko at times. But I think if you're a real Beatle fan, you mellow out to Yoko eventually. And you learn to your point that she was integral to so much of the late era Beatles. Agreed, man. Agreed. And all of John. I mean, the last, the albums that came out concurrently to me being a, awake with the Beatles uh, by John Lennon, because John's last studio album before double fantasy was that rock and roll covers album. Right. In 75. Yeah. The Phil Spector. Yeah. 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 So I was born in 70. Yeah, it's just a mess and and not a not a great listen. It always works out the same old way. Hold it, somebody's waving a hand. Somebody said stop, so we stopped. Here we go. But a, a double fantasy came out in 80, the last when John was alive. But the one that I really got into was um not uh, the one that nobody milk and honey with nobody told nobody me to told hit on me. that. And that was the first album I remember in real time that John and Yoko alternating. And then you go back and do Double Fantasy. Then you go back and do this, which will be relevant to our conversation. Sometime, sometime in New York City. Sometime <laughs> in New York City, right, which is not exclusively alternating John and Yoko, but it kind of established that formula. So that said, I'm excited to dive into this with you. Um, so you've loved this album now for a while, since the 90s-ish 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, basically almost 20 years. Yeah. And I'll put it on. It's a great record. It's a really, it's, here's what I wrote. It's a vivid Polaroid of the Lennon's troubled marriage in the moments right before the whole lost weekend bit, which how long did the lost weekend last? It lasted like two years or a year and a half or something. Year and a half, I think. Yeah. 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 And resulted in some of John's least evergreen work. Mind Games, and then Walls and Bridges. I think Walls and Bridges is a much better album than Mind Games. Mind Games, you know, it's got a silent track on it, the Newtopia National Anthem. Like, <laughs> I, I get it, but come on. And of course, the title track's great, but there's a lot of bullshit in that time because T was adrift without Yoko. And God bless you, May Pang, but it wasn't the same. No. And that, well, that's all that. That's so, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, man, they had it all. They had it all figured out. <laughs> they totally did. Here, it's in my sur- here, I have a surrogate me. You know, that is so strange to send like a wax figure of yourself. <laughs> Whatever. And Yoko endorsed it. That's the thing is Yoko was totally, what, what a cool spiritual weird thing where Yoko was like, yeah, go be with this woman. Go be in, go do coke and heroin and get super drunk on Brandy Alexander's or whatever the hell John was drinking yeah, at the time. Yeah. 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 Hanging out with Harry Nilsson and Keith Moon and seeing how, what real despair is, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Man. Well, so, so this, yeah, this was recorded at the end of 72. It starts off with a song called Yang Yang or Yang Yang, if you will. I wrote solid opener. I don't know. What'd you think of that one? I, I, here are my notes. Cause I took, I took track by track notes on this. Let's I wanted hear to hear it twice. It's very Yoko and, and elephants memory band. The backup, the backing band is the same band that played on, on the sometime in New York city, which and I'll get into this in a bit. I'm not a huge fan of. They're a... Right. Yeah, you don't like suck. these guys. You said they suck two episodes they, uh, ago. They sound like an... All right, what are you? The fucking dramaturg? <laughs> right word? I don't even know if that's appropriate. Time, this. time code 53. No. What the hell? You work with an editor. Um, so, I, I, yeah. You know what? I, I think that they were a halfway decent early 70s New York bar band. That I think John, you know, when you look at who Bowie was playing with at the time, a lot of John's contemporaries, even Paul's homemade stuff or Paul's stripped down stuff, when it was just Paul, Linda and Denny Lane, the sound that Elephant's Memory Band made to me felt just pedestrian for a Beatle. Interesting. That's pretty well. What you mean i wonder if it's the mix like to me the mix is really flat i wonder if they were like mixed with more dynamics so that the drums sound like those pillows or whatever like
will say the sax player rips, man. And I'm not a sax guy. I don't, I don't like uh, sax. <laughs> I, I, let's talk about sax, baby. Hey, we got a salt <laughs> pepper parody coming up next on, uh, God, don't, don't, if I do that again, end this, just won't call it. No edits, CJ. No edits. I, I think the sax player's Jewish. I, I looked up the liner notes for this for real, not a joke. So yeah. I know I now have to like him 8% more. Yeah, I've got the liner notes. Well, yeah, yeah. So Yang Yang, I like that she says I hate you in the chorus. I mean, it starts off, you know, man. It's, so this record's also like a feminist album. There's a whole feminist uh, essay she wrote in 71 that is in the gatefold. I uh, can't see it, but uh, it's good. And if I may, I'm going to just say this real quick here. I'm going to quote. Yeah. She says, women are, this is kind of, she was kind of ahead, really, Yoko. Still is. Yes. Women are going through a very initial stage of revolution right now. We're now at a stage where we are eager to compete with men on all levels, but probably women will go to the next inevitable stage. Uh, women will realize themselves as they are and not as beings comparative to or in response to men. In result, the feminist revolution can take a more positive step in the society that is to offer a feminine direction. I say, okay. Yeah. If it, I, suck a D, Gloria Steinem. You know, like, but I mean, yeah. that, that's what we, anyway, we, we don't have to get political, but. I mean, I agree 100% with that. We see what's happening in yes. New Zealand with a woman taking over and how things are better, it seems. Anyway, I think she was on to something. I think you and I are two gentlemen who are unafraid to agree that everything in the world will be better where women running things. Without, yeah, without a doubt. Um, so uh, here's my notes on, on Yang Yang. I wrote, I wanted to hear this twice. It's hypnotic in its simplicity. I hate you. I hate you. I've got in quotes. That's, that's jarring when that comes up a minute or so yeah. into the song. And it feels like it was recorded in a New York city subway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like they're busking on, 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 you know, the, the a line at 40, whatever. Second you know, street. solid opener now you know a lot of people talk about like well what if approximately infinite universe was just a single album you know a lot of people say <laughs> i would not include it on the single album i have my single album takes anyway that, uh, I, I have a note written later about because it's kind of follows the white album discussion of what if the white album were a single album which i think is yeah. kind of a blasphemous thing i think it's slightly more applicable for this album <laughs> i think i think jack douglas who who i think uh either mixed it or, or produced it should have said like guys you know we i i i don't know that we need Catman, <laughs> but we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll let's go in order so right, i yeah. i thought it was actually a really great way to begin the album it's got a nice groove going yeah it's it's i wrote it swampy and peppy at the same time which isn't that's a kind of a tough sound to make. Yeah, man. Yeah. Cool. The next song was a single, uh, Death of Samantha. And there's a few bands that have covered this song. It's, uh, it's slower. There's something inside me, something inside me dies a day. People 
Yeah, so this song is about the night that Nixon got reelected. This is a famous night in their history. And they're at a party and Lennon gets drunk and he goes off into some other room and has sex with someone at this party while Yoko is there. Right. And that it's kind of rude. It's not nice. <laughs> so this song is kind of about that. And uh I like it. I, I, I find like she says inside, you know, for inside her accent comes out. I find that very endearing. It's like punk rock. It's like Daniel Johnston and her beat happening. Like it, it's like outsider art and it's got a good groove. And I like that the solos serve the song. note for that and this is an overall yoko note where i think we will respectfully disagree with each other in general yoko ballads drive me a little cuckoo (laughs) i feel like yoko ballads just kind of meander whatever rhyme scheme she has some people are a b a b you know she's like a b c d e like like, yoko like listen you you, you don't have to love like rogers and hart but give me like (laughs) Give me like a rhyme scheme here. No, um, it, it, and my other note is this was the first track on the album that really felt like something that could have been on some time in New York City. It sounded like a song from that album. Yang Yang had a very different sound to me. Death of Samantha sounded like it could have fit on this highly controversial album. Right, right. Yeah, for the record, Sometime in New York City was a considered a failure. And honestly, yeah, I don't put that one on that much. And my favorite song on that is We're All Water, which is Yoko's song. That's a Yoko song. Yeah. Uh, Yoko's got an Angela's a great song on there about the activist Angela Davis. And well, we'll we'll save that for a different show. But it's related because that Sometime in New York City was recorded, I think, in the spring of 72. Yeah. So it was within about a year of this album being recorded and released. Yeah, this was recorded. This Yoko record was October and November of 72. So yeah, basically within six months or so of each other. Which makes sense. So yeah, that's, uh, you want to go to the next song? Yeah. Next, the third song on side one. I want my love to rest tonight. Now I'm going to let you just, you go. I, I agree with everything you said about Yoko the feminist. I don't understand what the fuck is happening here. I wrote one of the least feminist songs ever written. Quote, is it ironic? (laughs) A little too ironic. Sisters, let's not play moment too much. We know they're trying their best. We know their fear. She becomes an apologist for John is what I wrote. Yeah. Uh, Oh, I also wrote when this album came out, Yoko changed her MySpace relationship status to it's complicated. (laughs) And by the way, 
killer MySpace poll. <laughs> I thought you'd go to Friendster, but I'm really happy you got a MySpace. <laughs> no, I didn't do Friendster. I was late. So uh, what else did I say? Society is a hard word to work into rock and roll. group chorus yeah this song is out there this song is one of those this is why people make fun of yoko and i get i get it i'm gen x so i love irony therefore i do like this song <laughs> well that's if it is ironic i love it or if it just you know it but it's yoko being protective of john and you know john called her mother we all make fun deservedly so of mike pence and you know he's masturbating to gay porn as we record this <laughs> Which is fine. Just, hey, astronaut just, porn. I mean, he's, just, that's his. <laughs> Emphasis on ass. Ass, throw, not. I just figured it was some guy that wasn't getting any. <laughs> uh, but the song did feel ironic, especially you hear it early 70s Yoko album. You expect the strident feminism, much of which follows on the 700 tracks left on the album. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was surprised that uh, that, that was track three, but. Yeah, that's track three. I don't need to hear that one again. Oh, I'll I'll keep listening to it. Dude, are you familiar with with uh, Jan Terry, the local artist Jan Terry? Oh yeah, she's in the limousine and yeah, yeah. yeah. This is a, like a Jan Terry song. <laughs> you know what I mean? Chicago guys at this age go, you familiar with Jen Terry? Yeah. <laughs> She's trying to cram too many syllables into the lines. It's great. I love it. I love it for its warts. You know what I mean? All right. If, next if up. You know, if Yoko only had an extra large limo cell phone. To her, <laughs> great. So let's keep going. All right. Uh, what did I do? Exclamation point. I dig this song. I dig this song. I wrote fun grapefruit lyrics, meaning grapefruit. I have her grapefruit book right here. I love grapefruit. I find it to be inspirational comedically and otherwise. It's got a funky groove. Why didn't you help me look for it? That was, uh, that's in the chorus. I was looking for something in the closet. I was sure it would be there. But to my surprise, it wasn't there. I had to look all over the world. Where is it? Where is it? Oh, where? got her screeches it's got her yowls what do you think here's my notes (laughs) this is a very yoko track Mm -hmm. sounds like interstitial music in either bad 70s porno or the tom (laughs) snyder show and my comment about the elephant's memory here and this is either an insult or a cop but depending on your perspective is it's like the isley brothers were white (laughs) Because they kind of have an Isley Brothers almost groove going. Yeah, there's that. There's the clavichord all over it. I think, right? Yeah, um, yeah, that's great. I love it. I love it. 
And you know uh, what? We're I, both right. I, yeah, well, that's a beauty. But in every conversation, this we're both right. Um, I, I, one note I did have that's uh, that's kind of you know a, a, a let a nerdy note is it sounds like a little like a precursor to a song on Walls and Bridges. Uh, you don't know what you got. It's got a similar oh, yeah. kind of almost groove to that, which I think is interesting. One. Does he play rhythm guitar or lead on this album? It's it's it just says guitar, and I, it sounds like a rhythm to me. There's one there's one song later on so. side four that has some great runs on it, but I don't think that's John. I think it's the other guy. Um, I forget his name. It's in Jesse the Ed Davis. No, uh. Jesse Ed Davis did not play on this. Who is it? The guitarist in question is Wayne Tex Gabriel. But I know John Lennon was credited as, let's see, he was credited as, I have it here in my notes, Joel Non. <laughs> it's a, an anagram, I think, right? It is, yeah. exactly, it is. And also, 57% of Yoko's name is O. So. And that's one to grow on. <laughs> and that's one to grow on. Side one closes with, have you seen a horizon lately? I love this song. I fucking love this song. Have you seen an evening light lately? If you have, watch it for a while. You never know. It may not be the same. So I wrote, this is a mellow groover. This is like that Gwyneth Paltrow, Huey Lewis duet from the karaoke movie. Cruising, yeah. <laughs> You're gonna fly away. This is her version of that song, man. And I love uh, it. It's funny you brought up the soundtrack to a movie because my note on this is, was this cut from the original stage production of Grease? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a ballad they gave to Duty or Marty or like a, Duty. all right, you get to see. <laughs> yeah, I said Duty. I think he's a T-bird. <laughs> all right, favorite T-birds. Light them up. Let us know. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it, 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 it was a little, t- it, not my Yoko speed. Again, I like the real upbeat Yoko songs. That makes sense. And well, you know, that's where you start. And that's where I started, TJ. And then I listened to this record a few more times and songs like, have you seen a horizon lately? And what a bastard the world is really stood out. <laughs> <laughs> and lay off the heroin. <laughs> So you learned this and then re-listened to this on vinyl, yes? Is that fair? I heard the cover of the song, I, uh, and then I found the record in a record shop, and I just I bought it just for the song, and I ended up loving the whole double album, which I did not think was possible. I, I bring that up because I, I downloaded this. I don't have the vinyl of this, and I firmly believe this album would be a much improved listening experience had I heard all four sides of my headphones on vinyl. There, there are certain albums that, and we can get 
cliched and weird about the sound quality of analog versus digital. And I think pe uh, people are right on both sides, but there's listening experiences. Like I never got the Stones hodgepodge album Tattoo You until I heard it on vinyl. I'd known that album for 20 years. I had the tape. It was fine. It was, it's a decent Stones album. The first time you hear that record on vinyl, you go, oh, oh, there's... Yeah, man. It's flipping the sides and the way everything flows and the space in between. So I, I'm wondering if this is a different experience on vinyl, truly. I yeah, I would definitely say so. Because you have to get up three times, you know, to turn. <laughs> <laughs> Take more drugs? Yeah. To pee, if you remember to pee. In other words, <laughs> sitting down and going, fuck, I got up to pee. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm right. sorry to interrupt. I just had to throw that out there. No sorries, no sorries, no texts, no texting during the show, and no edits. Hold on, it's my agent. Stop swearing so much in this untitled Beatles podcast. This is a clean podcast too, TJ. So I don't, I didn't like you using that duty word earlier. <laughs> For all you young Beatle fans, uh, title title track opens up side two, approximately infinite universe. So this is what I would start my uh, my one album version, my single album version. I like the song, good song, hummable. Nice sax solo. It's not too Saturday Night Live. Yeah, she's obviously going through a rough patch with John and, and he's producing the record. So that's what's kind of wild about this. All these songs about him. I mean, what I don't know how much he had his hand in producing it, but their whole relationship was a living diary, though. So anything yeah. that she's singing about is not a surprise to him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were. Yeah, everything they did became public. So therefore, so their dirty laundry, which is basically this record, it's kind of their dirty laundry. It's their Don Henley '82 classic, "Dirty Laundry." <laughs> kick him with it! Oh, come on, yeah. kick it! Uh, <laughs> I oh. remember when that song real quick this is just yeah. random memory when that song was a current uh, I remember driving in a parking garage with my uncle Paul and that song came on and my uncle Paul was like this song is a piece of garbage <laughs> there's some solo down there I'm, I'm a boys of summer sucker that one that's got a real 80 all right let's move on um but i'm anti-eagles solo eagles solo joe walsh yes a million times solo joe walsh is great to me i don't mind solo joe walsh but i'm definitely more eagles than solo the others i'm not gonna yes. ever listen to the heat is on my least favorite fucking song of all time of all time is sunset krill <laughs> that is my least favorite song of all time it's terrible But not as bad as the heat is on. Unless you're being forced to listen to the Miami Vice soundtrack, there's never any reason. They don't even play in the 80s only state. That, that whole soundtrack's terrible. Actually, Glenn Fry's Smuggler's Blues is on the Miami Vice soundtrack. Please. The heat is on appears on Beverly Hills Cop. Let's move on. Our next episode will be about the Miami Vice soundtrack. Well, what would you think of it? What would you think of the title cut? Anything? Uh, it's okay. So when you say title cut, do you mean you'd slot it at the top of your running order or would you cut all the songs from side one? 
No, no. So I would, I would just kick off. If I had to do this album as a single album, I would start it instead of Yang Yang. Yang Yang didn't make the cut. This would start it off. I think it's got good energy. It's a, yeah. Yang Yang is to this album as what song is to the White Album. <laughs> <laughs> well, in theory, back in the USSR, but it's oh, that's what I'm saying. It's not yeah, a back yeah. in the USSR. Right. It's more like a don't pass me by. <laughs> yeah, or piggies. Love you, George. Not a piggies guy. We've talked about this. Uh, next up is Peter the Dealer. <laughs> I, I thought I read about That's what I call my dong <laughs> That's great I, And that's... I got one kid to prove it <laughs> Yeah man you, you had one score <laughs> You had one big score <laughs> Shaft's big score uh, ah, I didn't even mean to Well Peter the Dealer Not my favorite I like it. I like it enough. Complaining about waiting for their drugs. I mean. We were waiting for Peter the Wheeler. He comes in the morning when we're fast asleep. Gives us a trip that's spending 100 years in a day and takes a bone each from us to give the dogs. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that's that ABC <laughs> rhyme scheme. <laughs> uh, I, I, I thought it strutted along. I, the, the kind of barrel house singing and playing and the whole thing I thought yeah. was interesting, but it's not a memorable song. No. Yeah. I like the minor key. I like the, I like the feel of it. But yeah, it doesn't do anything per se, yeah. which is... Makes sense. It's a song about waiting for your drug dealer. <laughs> You're just waiting. So, yeah. All right. Song for John is up next. I wrote sad, sparse, short. On a windy day, let's go flying. There may be no trees to rest on. There may be no clouds to run. I jotted down the lyric, but we'll have our wings and the wind will be with us. Is that a, is that a McCartney reference? The way they would kind of reference oh, each other. I wondered if there was an intentional, it's, yeah, a, it's a metaphor, but there's also wings is one of the two biggest bands in the country at this time. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. This is when Paul was starting to become on top and John was on the way down. The, right. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder. I never thought about that. We can put that in our Beatles um, conspiracy episode. <laughs> Mendoza, Beck, Shanoff, <laughs> One America Network presents. <laughs> God, heaven, kill me. Um, I, I wrote, it's interesting that when you look at John doing Oyoko uh, a couple years before this in the Imagine album and Dear Yoko on Double Fantasy it fits into them singing to each other and or about each other. I didn't love the song, but I was fascinated by that, where it fits in the world of them singing to and about each other. Well, hell, hell, even after all these years, I miss you when you're not here. I wish you were here, my dear. Yoko. Followed up by Catman, your favorite on the record, it sounds like. 
Yeah, well, I love that trivia. It actually inspired uh, Bob Seger's Cat Man Do, <laughs> and uh, where he was really going to. I think I'm going to Cat Man Do. Where are you with Seger? Uh, you know, I really like that song. Still the same. I don't like the whatever the car commercial songs are. The 15 what? years of Like a Rock. Yeah, Like a Rock. That song I never need to ever hear again. Um, yeah, he's all right. Yeah, I. Well, he was in. Some garage band man here. If you ever find a song called Conscientious Objector, he was in. Yeah, he was in this like weird garage band, the Michigan garage band, militia garage band in the 60s. And they had a song called Conscientious Objector. And it's I love the song, but it's a it's it's a weird Republican like song. It's weird. Update. Hey, this is Tony, three years later. Okay, bear with me on this one. I got some facts wrong. So Keith Everett from the Chicagoland area had the hit with Conscientious Objector. Bob Seger was part of a group called the Beach Bums, and they had a song called The Ballad of the Yellow Beret on Are You Kidding Me Records, which came out in 1966. Put a yellow streak down my son's back. Make sure that he never ever fights back at his physical. Have him say he's gay. Have him win. Yellow beret. Yellow beret. You can't take me. I've got a good knee and I got a bad back and I'm allergic to everything and I have asthma. And look at that hang. Is that a Michigan thing? Because Kid Rock's that way, too. And look at all the crazy people who brought... Crazy white people bring guns to a state capitol, and they're fucking fine. Yeah. I mean, I want to say all all the Michigan people I know are great, and that's because yes. they all relocated to Chicago. Got <laughs> <laughs> the what I mean? <laughs> Okay, so Catman. I hijacked that and went on a um, Bob Saget... <laughs> Oh, yeah, me. Bob Saget. I love his <laughs> Saget or Seeger next. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Saget or Seeger. <laughs> Who played with the Beach Boys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Catman, it sounded to me, I've got, I wrote down Elephant's Memory Showcase song. They almost had kind of like a, a Wawa feel, and there's an homage to Taxman, which I thought was kind of interesting. interesting. It oh, Catman, felt- right. Yeah. I didn't it, put that together. And when you say Wawa, you mean the George Harrison song, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look out. Look out. The Rosies are coming to town. Look out, Chapman. Look out, Chapman. The Rosies are crashing along. I thought I wrote Playful Yoko. This is Yoko at her best. I prefer upbeat Yoko to ballads. And I wondered what the Rosies are coming. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, man. No, you got me. This one is not my favorite. I'm like, okay. oh, this is okay. a throwaway to me. I'm like, yeah, doesn't make my my single album. Okay, all right. But you we know what does? Eight minutes talking about a song that didn't make your single album. Uh, we're talking mostly about Bob Seeker. Yeah. <laughs> For what it's worth. Kids, don't take edibles. And then log online and be stupid. Uh, sorry, Jody, um, go on. Well, I want to say that the next song does make my single list. And that, of course, is What a Bastard the World Is. Yep. Which is a lovely uh, ballad. 
I love this song. I mean, it is peak Yoko. Like she's in pain with the literal lyrics. Uh, my favorite line in the song is when she says, throw an ashtray filled with butts. With butts. <laughs> I wrote that one down too, my man. I quickly get up and throw my pillows. Throw an ashtray filled with butts. Where were you night, if I may ask you so? Though I don't care at all. I just like to know. Right, you weren't near the phone to call me from Or is it you afraid to wake me up? I'm sick and tired of listening to The same old crap You know half the world is Occupied by you pigs This is my favorite song on the album Are you serious? This yeah. is your favorite? Yeah I thought uh, you would hate this song So, oh, dude, hey, do tell yeah. Here's my note. The first note, this is the feminist Yoko song I was waiting for. Nice, man. It's so, go ahead. It's so yeah. literal. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I'll re- I've got the most notes for this. I'll, I'll breeze through them. I, I, my first note was Terry Hemmert because I think I'd heard, I know I'd heard this before and it would have to have been on Breakfast with the Beatles at some point. Love you, Terry Hemmert. If Terry Hemmert ever stumbled on this <laughs> podcast, that would make me, uh, she plays way too much solo Ringo. Like, <laughs> like she, and she, her modifiers, uh, this, uh, this is a wonderful solo Ringo song, a, a never issued B-side from Bad Boy. It's not wonderful. And nobody wants to hear it. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't need to hear Susie and the band she's doing Tomorrow Never Knows. And I don't need to hear a Ringo B-side that didn't make it, Terry. But I love her. You well, know? What about Motley Crue doing Helter Skelter or whoever did it? Anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, you too. Remember that? That whole Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was a weird era. Who's going to steal that song back from you too? <laughs> uh, Julian? Who still has it? Does you two still have it? Because <laughs> keeps getting stolen. <laughs> that, I, I, I give Bono, Bono can be shit on rightfully so in a lot of ways, but there's another song on the Rattle and Hum album, which I love when it came out, um, called God Part Two. Don't believe the devil. I don't believe his book. Well, the truth is never same without the lies he made up. Don't believe in excess, success is to give. Don't believe in riches, but you should see where I live. I, I believe in love. It's heavily influenced as a list song, just like John's song, God. And I, I thought that was cool at the time. I remember connecting that and being like, He's a fan. He's not doing like Imagine Part Two or, you know, <laughs> God in the 80s was more obscure than God has become over the last 20 some years. God yeah. wasn't on uh, Great Shaved Fish or, you know, right. leg- Legend, not Legend, uh, the, the Geffen one, uh, John Lennon Collection, the one that right. had all the songs from early and, and late. But at any rate, uh, I dig this one. Uh, Yoko's pissed. I'm sick and tired of listening to the same old uh, crass. Is that a typo? Uh, you've heard of female liberation. That's for me. It tells a story. Fuck you. No, please don't go. I'm sorry. All of us live under the mercy of male society. This is the one that I wanted to hear. And I yeah. finally got it on side three. And all of us live under the mercy of male society. Thinking that their want is our need. 
thinking that their want is a need. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. What and, a great uh, line. Side two, actually. We're still on side two. Oh, side two. Sorry, two, sorry. <laughs> we'll take a commercial break and come back with the next two hours of Untitled Beetle. At Kenny Rogers Roasters, we want you to be healthy. Now, what do you think of the next song, which does close side two, Waiting for the Sunrise? I like the, what I think was a harmonium, doing those echoes that might have been a harmonium. Could be. I don't uh, know. I like the... That, that kind of the, the sprightly piano drum intro I thought the intro was really nice Yeah, I love this uh, Ends on a high note Waiting for the sunrise Waiting for the sunrise Waiting for the sunrise Waiting for the sunrise So I can take your hand That's all about Waiting for the sunrise Waiting for the sunrise Now this is, this is a joyful song This is a song I would have put on mixtapes you know, um, I think I did. It was probably the last gasps of the mixtape. Um, I for, love this. Uh, woman or for you? Like mixtapes for you? Or would you present these mixtapes to oh, always like for a, a buddy woman. or a woman? For a woman, yeah. Maybe a buddy depending on our relationship. Right. If we were fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I made probably more mixtapes for myself than I did for girls, for women. I, I made, a, I just loved making mixtapes for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I get it, man. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a bygone art. Come on, To me, this song was like the um, the thing that would actually get you to think about Yoko in a different way. Yeah, the the Yoko epiphany. Yeah. <laughs> Yoko uh, epiphany. So then we've got, this is the song that got me into it. Uh, it opens up side three. It's called, I felt like smashing my face in a clear glass window. All day long, I felt like smashing my face in a clear glass window. But instead, I went out and smashed out the phone box round the corner. I never had a chance to choose my own parent. I never know why I should be stuck with mine. Mommy's always trying not to eat. And daddy's always smelling like his pickled in boots. I'm stupid. I even have the word side three written above this, so I should not have... <laughs> <laughs> made that Yoko error, but please continue. It's okay. It's okay, man. It's just on the score sheet. You've got a one under the E. That's all. It's not- no, I'm Yoko embarrassed, all right? You know the kind of life? I had parents who would scorn me for not knowing my Yoko. We had Yoko quizzes. <laughs> I said seasons of glass. I'm positive. No, fuck. Yeah, man. I- <laughs> Well, I, I love this song. And for, so this is the song I first heard of Montreal covered it. I think it came out in 98 or maybe somewhere around there, 99. So when I finally heard Yoko's version, I, I also, I liked it just as much. And, and uh, there's something about this song. I can't, it actually, it actually gets me emotionally and I can't explain it. It's all during that shuffle part when it switches from, the straightforward beat into the shuffle where uh, she talks about seeing the Mick Jagger in Miami. I went to a rock show to see Mick Jagger and, and then talking about it's told from the perspective of what seems like a teenager 
and their parents are going through a divorce. And I do not have that experience. My parents stayed together or whatever. But for some reason, this song, that feeling that she conveys, it just really resonates with me. Like it gets me teary. I can't explain it. best kind of song right that's yeah. that's the best i i love that then i think you're going to appreciate my notes here where i wrote favorite songs so far nice perfect yoko the tempo shifts in the 50s rock elephant's memory was the, was best at this this to me is what elephant's memory was probably designed this is their sweet spot of of playing i think as a as a unit like Sean on and, stuff. Uh, but which at the time playing that great was, was revolutionary. That stuff hadn't been heard in 15, 20 years. Nobody was playing that until, you know, what, Sean on Woodstock. Yeah. Which yeah, Sean still, and Woodstock was amazing. By the way, yeah. if you ever see them live, they were amazing. I saw them live at, uh, you may remember old <laughs> Mill Run Theater. Uh, <laughs> Mill Run, I think it was called. Or not, Golf Mill. I don't know. It was right around there. And uh, at a, uh, somewhere in the city, maybe Chicago Fest or some weird thing. I did see them live. Uh, I also, I love Greece. Their stuff in Greece gives Greece an air of like, coolness that i think it wouldn't have without them so hold on so it's, I'm, I'm i'm a dope with show tunes and etc um so uh, shauna now is the backing band on greece in the movie of greece they added a ton of songs from the 50s to kind of augment the uh the when they have the big uh dance off the you okay. know the uh, where John Travolta gets to do his Saturday Night Fever moves, but in Greece. It's not my favorite scene of the movie, but they play a, they, they do a cover of Rock and Roll is Here to Stay. They do Blue Moon. Uh, they also do uh, Born to Hand Jive. And uh, it's, uh, uh, I need to be very clear to people watching this right now. I hadn't taken an edible in about three, four days. I took my first today in a while and I'm just, I'm starting to border on like, you know, You're flying. All right. Don't talk to your family for 45 minutes. Go, go, uh, we got just one thing to say to you fucking hippies. And that is that rock and roll is here to stay. And that's, I felt like smashing my face in a clear glass window. Yeah. Love I'm going to shut the fuck up. You you're, go, but it, oh, you're awesome, bro. Fa- favorite bro. Song, <laughs> bro. Can I call you bro? Well, I'm going to, uh, no question. Favorite song, uh, confessional. My parents were divorced. I wrote the confessional about parents. I, and then I have a hyphen like, you know, John, John's mother, you know, the things that, that John faced as well, uh, growing up and his absent father. Yeah. B- best song on the album. Yeah. What is the line? 
They gave me a watch that's that's guaranteed not to break, but my mommy and daddy broke up last fall. Mm-hmm. Or as Yoko says, fall. fall. <laughs> F-A-W. <laughs> Very dramatic. Wanna talk to Dennis like eating TV dinner when you're Love that song. So, uh, winter song is next. Uh, yeah, the world must be dead is one of the lines in the song, like a very, very fine tissue. <laughs> and then I wrote tasteful piano solo after the word time bomb. <laughs> Dude, I wrote the phrase beautiful piano lines, so we have a very <laughs> weird the world must be dead, we must be the only heads. Taking on a hillside line, a leftover time bomb. Yeah, I like that song. This one's this one. I like all these songs, but this one does not make my single album <laughs> cut. No, it, it's 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 a pretty melody, but yeah, I, it, I don't need to hear that one again immediately. Uh, followed up by the kite song, which does make my cut. That's more of this clavichord funk, more kind of grapefruity lyrics about uh, just chasing a kite around and. I, I dig this kind of stuff. I like the, the chord progression gets kind of seasick at one point where it's, it keeps going like up and down a half measure, but then it goes somewhere strange. I like it. I dig it, man. Yeah. It's those, that keyboard intro, those kind of very seventies riffs. Uh, this is another one that kind of feels like a precursor to a lot of walls and bridges. Now mind games came in between it, but this one kind of playing wise felt to me it had a walls and bridges feel to me. I don't know why, but it did. I wish it was on Walls and Bridges, to be quite honest. But Yoko singing it or John doing it, pass at it. Well, you know, whatever you got. any demos i mean they've released so many the whole lennon anthology and there's so many demos but i wonder how many demos there are of john singing yoko songs yeah not not many not that i've not that i have heard of is what i'm trying to say i wish i hope they exist but yeah they give you one one demo uh outtake from this record and it's mostly it's lennon playing acoustic and yoko singing I'm the only one awake, the streets are whistling. I light my fourth cigarette, I think of my friends. They were once not so dead, what are they thinking now? Uh, followed by What a Mess, uh, which is, I wrote, anti-abortion show tune. <laughs> yes. <laughs> really funny. You keep 
perfect jaunty yoko song so yeah. it's the same thing yeah it's a good one it's a, it's a it's a it's, it's not just about ab- abortions in the first verse but it goes on to be more uh feminist stuff about what a mess the world is and but it's done in this fun like yeah jaunty as you say show tune kind of thing uh yeah. followed up by uh kind of a, a, a ballad i really like this song shirin nakata i'm not sure if i'm saying that right but it means i didn't know Haunting. Uh, it's trilingual. She starts in Japanese. She goes to French yeah. and ends in English. Uh, and basically, it's the same lyrics in, in each language. But it's basically saying, I didn't know you were in pain. Why didn't you tell me that? But I didn't know. I would have helped you, but I didn't know. And that's, I love the circular nature of the song. Yeah, I, uh, I loved the three different lyrics or the three different languages. I, that kept me interested, but my main note is keep it up tempo, Yoko. <laughs> <laughs> well, Air Talk, up, my friend. Air Talk is next, and that one that one picks up the tempo. I, this is yeah. another good one. This one makes my my cut. And that I wrote this is this song. This is the reason why I listen to this record more than I do. Sometime in New York City. It's Love the 50s guitar sound. Again, it's that band playing in that style, just just uh, totally in the pocket. Great guitar playing and drums. The hi-hat on the And 3, I thought was kind of a cool... <laughs> right? I, 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 think, I think I got that right when I was listening, but it just it's a cool use of hi-hat, which I always love. Um, that sax player drives me nuts, is my note. <laughs> Sorry, if you're still alive and if you're watching, I apologize, but it just... It's a little, you know... It's a little the sax, and that's another elephant's memory issue I have. Like, yeah, I wonder if that that sax is is that because like I hate the DX7 Yamaha sound. Like, if I hear that, I I'm like, get me out of here immediately. It's like a fire alarm. So I don't know if that sax is like that for you, but it is where it sounds like the trebles mix so high. Like, what do you can you can you add like just some mids? Can can you just (laughs) put? Yeah, so it's um real quick then. Well, what do you think of the sax real quick on his number one? Whatever gets you through the night. Uh, great because the whole song is just taking the piss out of a style. They're just having so much fun. Yeah. John called it a novelty song. It's perfect for it is. Yeah. It's a saxophone for a novelty song. You're right. You know. Yeah. 
No, I, that's that's all because I, I love I love that song. I think it's a perfect song. So moving on, we uh, we get I believe this is side four. I think starts off with um, I have a woman inside my soul. I wish I knew what it I like this song. I like this song. I love that. This is the one that has a weird passing chord in it that I just love. It's mellow. It's, it's a groover. Yoko's got a ton of uh, macaroni mouth in it. Like you can hear the, like before she sings, which is, you know, I had macaroni mouth as a kid and the struggles. I No, for, fuck you. Okay. <laughs> You're going to say that? <laughs> I mean, I've never heard that term, but it's, my son's macaroni mouth about four dinners a week at this point. <laughs> well, I, I remember hearing it in a recording studio when I was doing some vocals and it was like my mouth was, you know, and the Greg Norman was the engineer and he said, oh, you got some macaroni. Take a sip of water. You got macaroni mouth. Uh, so, yeah, Yoko could have used a sip of water on the vocal on this, but I I like it. I like the weird um, tuneless background vocals that kind of are ghosty underneath the song. Um, yeah, it's, it's probably not a memorable track, but I, I like it and it makes my cut. Yeah, uh, this reminded me, you know, because I don't really know much Yoko, I kind of compared it to some John stuff. This reminded me a bit of Old Dirt Road uh, mm-hmm. from, God, that's on Mind Games, yeah? Oh, am I losing my mind? No, I, Old Dirt Road's on Walls and Bridges. That feels, yeah. I was yeah, it's on Walls feel, and Bridges. Like Again, that, that kind of connection to even though it was Mind Games was in between these, I'm pretty sure it just kind of sounds like that. I also, my only other note is five minutes, 30 seconds. Come on, Yoko. <laughs> Who's got that kind of time? Who had that kind of time in 72? <laughs> well, they were waiting for Peter the dealer, man. <laughs> <laughs> is he here? All right. Listen to the verse of the chorus two more times. <laughs> All right. Well, I, ex- I expect you. So TJ, I have expectations of you. I expect okay. you to like this next song because it's move on fast and it it's the most rocking song on this record. What do you think? I'll burn through these. Great intro, up-tempo, passionate Yoko vocals, prog rock organ solo, great Yoko scream, great tune. Wait, wait, wait. My son named after a Beatles waving and saying hi right now. Hi guys. You're doing your podcast. Hey. We're, doing, we're doing a Beatles podcast. This is this is great. <laughs> and they just saw a garbage truck. Oh <laughs> wow. But if you guys see me and Mr. Mustard, let me know. We're gonna Mr. Mustard. <laughs> That's a love request. You guys. I all love right. you. Next week we'll so, do mean Mr. Mustard all. <laughs> there we go. Uh, my, by the way, my son will be four this weekend. Well, happy uh, birthday. We listen, thank you. And when we listen to the Beatles, we listen, you can imagine we listen to a lot. His go-to album 
his last year of his life has been help. He oh. just first wanted to hear the song, but he lo- that's his, I played a lot of the early stuff for him, the first four, but it's yeah. help that he, so that's kind of from the mind of a, a Beatle influence four-year-old. He's a help guy at this point. First favorite Beatles related song was Band on the Run. So he's. That's cool, man. He, he's on board. So Move On Fast, I loved every bit of. I love the Yoko scream. I wrote great tune. That became, I think, my new favorite as we went along. You know, I, great song. And I've never even heard this, but she turned it into a, or somebody remixed it and it became like a number one on the dance charts, I think, years later. Really? I haven't done a bunch of that, I think. Yeah. Remixes, yeah. Yeah, she found herself in that club world. which makes sense. Like it's the underground. She's from the underground, you know, people. Yeah. So I dig her. That's what's Uh, cool shit about her is that she's still doing the work too. That's amazing. Totally. Um, Well, it it almost wraps. So that was my last favorite song. So the next, the next three are not my favorites. Uh, Now or never, which was a single. Uh, This is that Bob Dylan one. It's uh, Dylan-esque. Dylan delivery. And kind of Buffy St. Marie in a way, too. With Again, she's, I, I wrote here, syllab, I made up a word, syllabilically challenged. <laughs> she's just trying to cram too many yeah, syllables. Yeah, fuck you, macaroni mouth. <laughs> hey, I'm syllabilically challenged, TJ. Back off. I've got a uh-huh. card and everything. Show you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, not my favorite. I don't know, man. She, this is one of those things. This came around out around, you know, happy Christmas war is over. So they were in this idea that what they could create important commercials for peace. And this one uh, falls short of the mark for me. It's too specific. Okay. That's, and I, we have the exact same notes. I've got Dylan ass delivery. Uh, it sounds like a sequel to happy Xmas. Yep. Uh, I like the, I'm pretty damn sure there's a harmonium solo in there. I, I dug that and I, and I liked the progression. I thought the progression was kind of cool. Uh, next up is, is winter here to stay? Question mark. Oh, this is the blues one. Um, I wrote, uh, like, this is when I would go get a beer at the show. <laughs> Dude, I wrote, this, this is a band warm-up. Yeah. Sing <laughs> a tune-up. Like, yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that one. <laughs> and then it, clo- I agree. And it closes with uh, looking over from my hotel window, uh, which I, I, I do like this one. It doesn't make my super duper cut. I mean, I love that she's uses the phrase hot chocolate drink <laughs> in the lyrics. She's not wrong. Hot chocolate drink. 
95 pound bundle is also in the lyrics. <laughs> Stardust and gold dust can choke you just like sawdust, or as she says, so dust. Age 39, looking over from a hotel window. 95 pound bundle, but it's trouble when there's nowhere to leave. People say stardust and gold dust are it. They never tell you it chokes you just as soda does. So I first heard that I'm like soda. <laughs> <laughs> that, that too. You choke on a lot of soda. <laughs> but you've got to forgive my wife. She's kind of a soda choker. <laughs> um, so I uh, one lyric that haunted me, and I thought about because I listened to this pretty late last night. Um, I'd had a uh, one adult beverage and. Show me your blood, John, and I'll show you mine. Felt prophetic, and just yeah. kind of haunt. Just it just haunted me, and especially thinking of that season of Glass album cover from a few years after John was killed with his actual cracked, bloody glasses. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, this is eight years before that happened, or forgive my math at this point, but it's around then. And yeah, it, it is eight it, years. It just, yeah, it just kind of it haunted me for about an hour after I heard it. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah we can goof on her and this and that and all that. But that's the thing though, is that like, she did live that they did love each other and she lost, you know, so much. And it's just like. Age 39. Feeling pretty suicidal. The weight gets heavier. When you've bled 30 years. Show me your blood, John. And I'll show you mine. They say it's running, even when we're asleep. Yeah, and then like the production on it with the the echoes on her voice, and like they do that weird uh, nightmarish backwards reverb where it, you know it sounds like this, like like yeah, like the 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 syllable you're about to sing sucks into you before you sing it, like that effect, and verb or whatever they call that. Yeah, it's a spooky track. And yeah, and it's I think it's I think it's the only one that she addresses him directly by name. She says John, like you other than in the title of Song for John, you're right, because I don't yeah. think she ever said his name in that. No, no. It's yeah. like the, the theme to taxi is called Angela, and you never hear the word Angela, just it's an instrumental ballad. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, like Ringo's theme is this boy. Right. Look at that. You did it, man. You did Look it. Look at that. Well, um, that's the record. So what did you quickly, like, what did you think overall? Uh, here, let me sum up a couple more thoughts here. I wrote, and this answers that question a bit. I wrote, nothing rocks as hard as Sunday, Bloody Sunday, or We're All Water, both of which are on some time in New York City. Yeah. And I think I was hoping, especially since that sound approximate with, uh, approximates it a bit with Elephant's Memory, I was hoping just to rock out a little bit more, listen to 
two records. But I wrote, it's all better than Don't Worry, Kyoko. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're right, man. No, uh, you're right. The entire, especially the 18-minute version on that Toronto Live album, Live uh, Peace in Toronto. Yeah, man. Um, I, I, it was, I was thrilled that you introduced it to me. It's one, it just feels good. And you'll understand this, like, as a, as a diehard and someone who thinks of themselves that way, it's good to know some a chapter I didn't know. You yeah. Know, it's kind of like a reminder to like, oh yeah, there's still a fair amount of stuff. I don't know. It's good to get to hear it. So I'm appreciative of that. And there were enough really cool songs on it to kind of make me rethink Yoko in that era. And, and I'll throw one or two of these on the playlist at some point. I'll throw move on fast on something this month, you know? Cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I dig her a lot. And like, I think I said this earlier. Well, she, she wrote a dream alone is a dream and a dream together is reality. And I just like the way, I just like the way her mind thinks, especially in things like the grapefruit uh, book. And I think she had a way of like just seeing the world in this unique original way, but also evoking humor at the same time. And I think people forget what humor is when, when Yoko comes up, because I think I think a lot of people take the Beatles way too seriously and Yoko didn't. And I think that's, I think that's what John saw in her, you know what I mean? And why he gravitated towards like her. Watch the sun until it becomes square. Like this. What a beautiful take on a, a thesis on which I agree uh, wholeheartedly. I, I think the questions of why her dogged her from the minute she entered their universe. Uh, younger me probably uttered that. Oh, sure. You when know? we were kids and didn't know. It, like, I'm not going to pretend like I was defending Yoko when I was 14. I, I wasn't. I'm not going to fucking apologize for that. But eventually, <laughs> if you care enough, you come around. The more you understand the story from the perspective of when John was 30 and then his late 30s when he was home every day with her, the, the, the more you understand that, um, the more you accept her and the more you respect her. Yeah, man. Well, give it a spin. It's out there on all the streams. Approximately Infinite Universe, Yoko Ono, double LP. Uh, let me pull back for a second and, and advise, yes, to streaming it like I did last night, although my track order must have gotten fucked. I ripped it from YouTube. <laughs> do you ever do this? I mean, this is, I still like to own, I like to have music in my library where if I can't connect to the cloud, I've got my music still. So I still upload a ton of stuff and but for stuff I, you know, like Yoko doesn't need my money. So I steal it from YouTube and then match the tracks that is mastered for iTunes and your thing. Yeah. Come after me, Apple. What are you going to do? Um, but yeah, so oh, they're shutting us down, TJ. They're shutting us down. Uh, we we got to go. Uh, it's the karma's going to get you. Um, so I listened. I might have fucked up the track order. I downloaded it. But I, I was going to say to your recommendation, find the vinyl. I'm actually going to see if any of the local stores in Chicago, they're still open for pickup. Uh, I'm going to look online and call around if they have a copy for less than, I'm not spending more than 35. Oh yeah. You can get it for cheaper. Right you should, I think I got mine for 20 or something and this is 20 years ago. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, thanks. Thanks for listening to that record. I, like next week, uh, let's do something like about the, the Beatles, the Beatles, Beatles. Let's let's get maybe we do two weeks of Beatles 
your call, my call. And those can be Beatles. They can be weird things we don't think. Or should we keep those for solo? Let's do a show meeting on the air right now. A show meeting. <laughs> like, our affiliates are going to find out that we're unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you next week, I guess. I don't know. We don't know. No one knows. We're untitled. Untitled Beatles podcast. Like and subscribe.